Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now we've studied, we've stayed in the book of Genesis, and we'll, we, we will depart the book of Genesis tonight uh, uh, to show you how in the Word of God, this redemptive, and it's not a redemptive thread, it's a redemptive theme that runs throughout the Bible. The Bible literally is the story of God and man and the story of creation and redemption. And so when you begin to study these truths and it begins to build truth in you, line upon line, precept upon precept, not from some uh, denominational or religious you know, interpretation of the Word, for, but just for what it says. So very, you know, openly and plainly, it said that God created all that is and will ever be, uh, uh, all that is, was, and will ever be, and he did it in a period of time, and he invented time itself. He created time itself. And he took a disorder and made order in it, and he took things that were uh, out of order and put a purpose in them and gave them value, and, and begin to, uh, they begin to function, they begin to have a function, and all the things that God did, he did in creation. Listen, it, it would be horrible to think that, that this was all there is and this is what we've evolved into. That would, that would be horrible to think that. I mean, your own flesh and your own, uh, your own being knows that there's something else beyond the flesh in which you live in and what you uh, exist in. It knows that. It just knows that. I mean, uh, atheism is a cop-out, you know. I mean, anybody gets pushed uh, to the brink of death or the point of death will do one of two things. They'll either cry out to God or curse Him. But they'll acknowledge that He is there. Amen? So he, we see this in Genesis. We see different laws being established. The law of Genesis, which is the law of creation. The law of dominion, which God spoke into the human family. The law of seed time and harvest, every seed reproducing after its own kind. These are laws that man has never been able to change. Even today in agriculture, man can produce hybrids, but you can't take and produce a hybrid and breed hybrids. They won't breed in the, in the animal kingdom or the plant kingdom. You can't do it. You can't, you can't come to the place, but this is unique because the Bible shows us there in the book of Revelations where man will come up to the point of almost discovering the essence of life where right now man thinks that he can discover something in which they can download the essence of your mind into some kind of computer or, 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 or some kind of technological uh, 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 machine and you'll live forever. They think they can produce eternity. They think that now. Some of the brightest minds in our in our in our world. That's what they think. They're wrong. They'll never discover the source of life. Man has never made a seed. As simple as a, as a, as a kernel of corn is, it's so complex that man cannot figure it out. Because in that, that little kernel of corn is a, is a piece of seen matter and a piece of unseen material. You say, what's in it? Life is in it. All I got to do is put it in the ground, put some water on it, and boom, it'll come. We were walking the dogs the other day, and I was walking Cookie, and there's a place there where we kind of let her off the leash to, to walk. And I looked, and they had just poured the street, the, a brand new uh, asphalt. And so it, this was probably maybe 10 inches from the, where they had pour, poured the asphalt, where they had made the, you know, the edge of the road, and the grass was just, just coming right up out of there. I mean, that much asphalt, that grass was just pushing right through it. He said, well, it, it found a weak place. Yes, it did. <laughs> and it grew 
and it broke out of the ground. You say, well, because there's a law greater than the law of asphalt. Amen. When you go out in your driveway and wonder how that weed grew out of that cement like that, because there's a law greater than the law of cement, and that's the law of seed time and harvest. Amen. Then all these laws we saw, the, you know, uh, the, the law of our gender, of who we are, how God made us spiritually first. He made us male. He made us female. Then clothed us with that identity. That's how we find our identity. That shows us right then and there that all the foolishness that these people are into, they're just deceived. That's just demonic. That's all that is, is the adversary deceiving them. Then we see that God put, put man in the garden, gave him an assignment. As, as man began to, to fulfill the assignment of God in his life, God saw that he was alone. And then he brought all these animals before him for him to name. See, man, was in, he had intelligence. He had the ability to reason. He could communicate with God on God's level. What's unique about man and God is man and God are in the same class as far as family goes, but they're in two different classes as far as identity. God lives in deity. We live in humanity. God created humanity out of deity. So we have to be part of the, of the very material uh, that he is made of. Amen. But then he made us a little lower. He put us a little lower. But here's this. this. He also clothed us with the earth itself so that we could be upon this earth to experience life. And he never meant for life to end yeah. for us. He wanted the earth to be a paradise. He wanted for man to live in that paradise, serving God and serving and loving one another and, 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 and procreating the family of God through the law of Genesis, which is seed time and harvest. Amen. Everything was, was, was pristine. Everything was beautiful. Everything was right. And man was also made with something that made him unique as a man. He was made with a will. So in order for the man to exercise that will, there had to be something put in creation that challenged the will of man. So in Eden, it was a tree. Two trees, one that he could eat off of perpetually in obedience to God, which was the tree of life. Could you imagine what that must be like? And one day we will eat from the tree of life. Literally. I said literally. You say, you really believe that? That's a metaphor. No, it's not a metaphor. It's a tree. <laughs> what the Bible says. The Bible says, this is really a metaphor. No, it says it's a tree. Amen. But then they put in the, in the same garden uh, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Which was what? Which was something that God put in there to define what choice would be. Choice would be involved or wrapped around decision making when it came to obedience of what God says. Wow. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, God doesn't want a robot or, a, or, or some type of, you know, automaton man that, that, that just totally focused or created for one sole purpose, and that is to serve God. He wants somebody that loves him and chooses to serve him. Because he sees his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, his great benevolence, and his great ability that's shown to us every day in creation. Truly, nothing is impossible with God. Then we came to chapter 3 and saw what we call the fall. What happened in the fall? We saw how evil, how wicked it was, what a criminal act it was. How this entity, we know later his name is Lucifer or Satan, we call him the devil. This entity, who we find out later, is an enemy of God and had been an enemy of God for eons of time. He is a cherub that was the anointed prince of heaven who led the praise and worship, who got full of himself, saw himself instead of God. And when he did, he fell into iniquity, which is selfishness. 
Amen. And the Bible talks about how through the multitude of his merchandising, you say, what, what, what does that mean? He's doing everything or he's spending everything in his life to feed back to him and him alone the benefit or the fruit of what he's doing. Not to help anybody else but himself. Well, that's the essence of sin. That's, that's selfishness and that's iniquity. So, that entity is also loosed upon this earth. I do not, I'm not going to get in and try to speculate with all these, you know, theological brains that try to figure out, you know, well, the Bible says God's good and God's evil, God's this and God's that. No, no. We're going to take the word of God for what it says. This entity came into the garden. It took, it came into the form of something that was already created, a serpent which we know to be a snake. So even the people that study the, uh, the, uh, the, the anatomy of animals tell us even in snakes today, there's places where it looks, that it looks like they used to have other types of appendages on them where they could have walked or even maybe flown. Well, however they were, he illegally got into the snake. Right. Yeah. Amen. Illegally. Bible indicates it was the will of the serpent that allowed him in. Then he began to communicate on a human level. That's also illegal. If your dog is talking to you, tell him to shut up in Jesus' name. You laugh. I know a church that happened and some dog barked out something they thought was God and they thought, yeah, they went right in the ditch with it too. No. Okay. Well, the donkey talked. Well, you know, you get in that same circumstance, maybe a donkey will talk to you if you're being that stupid as Balaam was, amen? You might need a good talking to by a donkey. This is all illegal. He goes not to the man, but to the woman. Challenge the woman. Does, do, does one of the most wicked things that the devil always does. Gets his eyes off everything. Gets your eyes off, this is yours, this is thousands of trees, all these, tree of life, all you want from the tree of life, all these beautiful trees, this whole, all this, all this, all this. But see that tree over there? I'm not supposed to look at that. You're not supposed to look at that? Well, look at it. You need to, look, you need to at least look at it because here's the deal. This guy that created you, that guy, this guy that comes down and walks with you in the cool of the day, really, really, he's the problem in this whole situation. He's the problem because see what he did is he put you here to mock you and hold you back because he knows that if you ate that tree, you'd be just like him. Amen. Devil does the same thing today. What did he do? Immediately broke her loyalty to the word of God. And as her loyalty to the word of God was broken, obviously it was, it was observable in the, in the spirit realm. Because when that happened, the devil said, you shall not die. That was an absolute lie. And it's been the lie that has echoed throughout the ages since then that has kept man in the position or in the shape that he's in. Amen. So we knew man fell because of that lie. Man could have interceded. Man could have, but he was there with her. He gave his permission. It was all illegal. It was a sin committed by creation that only they could commit. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, like here in America, there, there's crimes we could all commit, but there's crimes that none of us can commit. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there, there, you know, you have to have certain rank in the government or certain knowledge in a corporation or, you know. Now, here in, the, here in America, the, the worst crime you commit, can commit is the crime of high treason, the selling out of your country. 
where you have the power. Now, you, I can't do that. I can't commit high treason. I might could commit treason, but I could not commit high treason. You have to be in a position of power. You have to be in a position of authority. Well, see, man and the woman, the two men in the garden, the man and the man with the womb, the two spirit beings in the garden, they came together Amen. And they fell together. And in falling together, they committed a sin of high treason that only they could commit because they were the prototype. They were the master copy of everything that God desired to do. When we used to sell, we used to sell tons and tons of cassette tapes. We traveled. Uh, we always had a little uh, 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 product table. Uh, we did a little newsletter. We, we wrote our partners. I think we even did magazines for a few years. We did some magazines, I think, twice a year, once a year, something like that. But we always had, we always had you know, but, but those, uh, we started out with just one little recording thing and one thing I think would produce two. And man, they'd, they'd be in there working, pumping those things out. Then they got, got them that would do more and more. And by the time we finished, I think we had one do maybe 10 of them. Now, if we took, a, if we took say, say, say tonight they wanted to take this and make uh, this part of a, of a cassette tape series, they would make this the master copy. This would be, actually they were a different color if I'm not, uh, they, were, they were black. They were, they were black. You knew they were master copy. They were marked master. So, that would, be, that would be the copy that would go on that part of the, of, the, of the reproductive machine that all the other ones would reproduce what's on that master copy. So if, if unbeknownst to us, unbeknownst to the people back in the sound booth, there was a gap, a three-minute gap, in which the sound was not recording upon the cassette tape or upon the master copy, so in the message there's a three-minute gap. So we take that master copy and we put it on that copy machine. We start pumping those cassettes out. You know what we have? We have every seed reproducing after its own kind. Because it can only be what the master is. It can only do what the master does. So if we go back, say we sold 100, say we sold 1,000. We couldn't go back and find all those flawed cassette tapes and redo them because the master was broke. We'd have to get another master. Amen. Now, that's, what, that's literally what happened out of that. All of the emotion that we see in the world today, the blame, it's the woman you gave me, uh, which really he was blaming God. All of the guilt, everything that is the fear. I was afraid when I heard that everything in which God responds, excuse me, which man responds to God with now besides faith came right there in that fall. They were separated from God. They saw they were naked. They were clothed with the glory of God. They were clothed with the radiance of their own right standing with God. But then they lost it. And they saw they were naked. That word doesn't mean to observe through, 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 through sight. It means to experience literally being separated or uncovered. They were uncovered. The bears were still covered. Amen. Uh, the birds were still covered. The fish were still, they were still clothed from the, but man had fallen. He had lost his covering. And in the midst of it, the man blames the woman, the woman blames the snake, and the snake gets cursed. But now here's what, here's what we need to do. My time is running down. I've just got a few minutes. Now notice this. Chapter 3, verse 7. The eyes of them both were open. They saw, they knew they were naked, saw they were uncovered. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Man's been doing that ever since. You say, what's that? Covering us with, we cover ourselves with creation because we're not covered with the creator. Amen. 
It says, and they, now notice, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God from amongst the trees of the garden. Now notice this, they're hiding, they hear his voice. Now, now every other day, they hear his voice and go to him. Now they hear his voice and they turn from him. Now we're developing something here that you need to remember and this will help you maintain your compassion and your mercy, especially in these last days. That is called man's condition in Adam. Everybody say that. Man's condition in Adam. It's beginning to find its master copy right here. The fear, the blame, the guilt, the, 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 you could, you could, every negative emotion you need, the prejudice, the hate, you name it. Here it comes. Here it comes. And the reason is, is because they stepped away from how they were created through disobedience and opened themselves up to what the Bible calls fall. They fell to a lower level. Now, let me say this. Man is not on the level he was on in creation. As believers, we, were not, we are not on the level that man was on in creation. His body would not die. Dying is not natural to us, but we go through it anyway. Amen? But we must understand also that everything that God put into the earth through his word comes to pass no matter how many thousands of years go by. And God gave us a promise of redemption. Now we live on the earth as a species of being. The Bible says we're a nation within the nations. That's what we're called, the nation within the nations. That's who we are. We're the ones upon the earth that are classified by the Word of God as the family of God because the human family is fallen, so God needed a new family, and thank God Jesus came to give God. Now think about this. Go, if you will, real quick to the book of Romans. Now we're going to, for the first time, we're going to turn to another book other than Genesis. Now, as we do this, as we turn, you go to Romans chapter 5. As we do this, as we turn to Romans, remember, we began in the book of Genesis. Genesis, the, uh, the, the relevant or the most relevant book of the Old Covenant being the book of beginnings. The laws of the book of beginnings are still relevant today, every one of them. That's my case for tithing because it started with Abraham and Abraham was, is where God started his dealing with man to bring redemption. It's not where he started with, with his word to bring redemption. He started with his word, and we'll pick that up next week. He started with his word there in Genesis 3.15, and the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. See, we have to go, we'll go into that next week. But now we have a condition called man's condition in Adam. Now, we have this guy up on the earth approximately 2,000 years ago, after, after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, this guy named Paul. Now, most of your major Bible theologians in the major denominations of our nation and world do not like the Apostle Paul. They like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They like Psalms and Proverbs. They like all the stories of the Old Testament, but they do not like the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible and he did it from a redemptive viewpoint. And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see or understand the kingdom of God. So there's people that have studied the Bible their whole life and have no idea what it's talking about. 
And they try to do it from a historical standpoint. They try to do it from a chronological standpoint, but they've never looked at it from a spiritual standpoint. Now here we stand at the end of a dispensation, not the end of time. Time will continue after this dispensation ends. It will go for seven, then it will go for another thousand years. And then we will continue in eternity in an unmeasurable amount of time, time that cannot be measured. It's eternal. You say, well, I can't figure that out. Quit trying. Amen. So we need to go where? Into the book of Romans to do what? To tie into what we see in the book of Genesis, that which the apostle Paul used by God through the Holy Ghost to unveil or to reveal. Now, the best illustration I heard was this. That much of the Bible, the Word of God, all of the Old Covenant and the Gospels show us a portrait, like somebody painting on a canvas of what God, from creation, what happened from creation to the flood, the flood, Abraham uh, uh, going into Egypt, coming out of Egypt, Moses possessing the promised land, David, uh, judges, the David. I mean, you see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? You just you just you just going through it. You just go, and then you get over you get over to the uh, to the gospels. You see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It paints this beautiful portrait of Jesus, God on the Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, he he does signs and wonders and miracles. He's anointed by the Holy Ghost, so we're seeing something about the Holy Spirit. He's telling us about the Spirit that's going to abide. I mean, it's awesome, but it's still just a it's a portrait. It's a it's a tapestry as beautiful as it can be. But here comes this guy, Paul. And he doesn't have a portrait. He has a briefcase full of x-rays. Now, now you know, you don't see many x-rays hanging on the wall. I've seen a few, a couple of real bad breaks that people had. Say, Look at this. I'm like, why are you hanging that on the wall? That looks painful. Amen. But then we, we, we see where, not in the, in the now, but we see in the spirit. We don't see historically. We see spiritually. And it is designed for our seeing to have a central focus. You you say, what is that? Christ. Jesus. The living Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was uh, was God. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word became flesh, 114, and dwelt among us. See the picture of that. Then we step into redemption and we see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is he than he that's in us. So you've got to come and you've got to begin to bring, this is a great, great biblical fact, 80% of everything Paul wrote came right out of the old covenant. But it did not have new covenant implications until Jesus rose from the dead. And it takes the Holy Ghost to reveal it. You can't get it sitting in a theological class. It only comes by revelation because only God reveals it. You say, why? Because x-rays need light, a special kind of light. Are you with me? So we, right here, here, I'll close with this. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Let's begin there in uh, verse 12. Now notice, notice, he's talking about what? He's talking about Adam. What have we been talking about? We've been talking about Adam. So we go all the way, pages and pages and chapters and chapters and books and books. Who are we talking about? Adam. Now notice, let me read in King James first. Let me read King James first. Verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man, as by one man, 
As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for, for that all have sinned. That is a mouthful. Now notice, it's up on the wall. Wherefore, as by one man, who's he talking about? Adam. Adam. By one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so and so death passed upon all men or all mankind for that all have sinned. Now you say, well, I didn't sin like he sinned. I can't commit high treason. But he was the master copy. And people get in these fights. Well, is, is Adam black or white or his? Yes. <laughs> You're right. He absolutely is. But that boy, you say, how could one man, how could one man affect the entire world? We, we've had that happen before in history. One despot, one, 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 uh, one, one cruel dictator. You know, I mean, it could affect the whole world. But this is different. Because in this one man, we all find identity in our flesh, our mind, and our spirit. Because he was made in the likeness and image of God, but fell into a lower image. And we got stuck on that procreation machine that reproduces every seed after its own kind. Therefore, when we were born, we were born fallen. We weren't born sinful. We were born fallen. Innocent. That's why we always declare, you know, a child until he comes to that age of, age of, uh, of when he recognizes, kind of wakes up to, to good and bad. That child's innocent. That baby's in heaven. Amen. God's not a cruel God. God's not a cruel, but one man. Everybody say one man. One man. Now notice, notice uh, uh, the next verse, next verse there. It says, uh, for unto the law the sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who was a figure of him who that was to come, or the one who was to come. So he's saying this. He said, now, wait a second, wait a second. There was no law between Adam and Moses. There was no law between Adam and Noah. There was no law between Noah and Moses. The Bible says, doesn't matter. Nevertheless, nevertheless, death still reigned. Death still reigned. When we study the law, you'll understand the law was not designed to give life. The law was designed to identify sin. So that man could stay away from sin because sin was the number one thing that destroyed life in man. Amen. So now I'm going to read the next verse, but I'm going to read it out of order. Go to verse, go to verse 17. Go to verse 17, then we'll come back. We'll come back to verse uh, 13. Verse 17, now I'm not trying to take things out of context to mix things up. Just trying to stay in order of event. Now notice this. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now here we go again. Now what's Paul doing? He is comparing. Paul is a comparison preacher. Light and darkness, death and life, Adam, Christ, the fall, redemption, faith and doubt, rest and agitation. I mean, he's always comparing and bringing out of his comparisons revelation. So he's stacking man, mankind, and Adam, and everything that happened in the fall, everything that happened, the result of the fall, death, sickness, poverty, depression, addiction, 
put, you name it, all of everything that's negative in life. The thief cometh not, but for to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Categorize it in that. There's your devil's activity. There's the activity of fallen humanity. The thief, the Satan, he comes to what? Steal, kill, destroy. What is the nature of man? The nature of man is to steal, kill, and destroy. You say that can't be. There's too many good people in the world. Then why is the world in the shape that it's in? Because when man accepts a demonic doctrine, the demonic doctrine goes to work and he evolves into a demonic entity. God says it gives him over to a reprobate mind, a mind void of understanding. But now notice this. You got your shouting shoes, your running shoes, your shouting clothes on. I hope you do because this stuff really, I really, I got, where's my red nose? I'm ready. It's a, this is good stuff. This is red nose stuff right here, buddy. I mean to tell you. Verse 12, again in the King James, I'm going to read in the Passion Bible. It says, uh, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all man or all mankind. For we've all sinned or we all partake of that sin nature from Adam. For unto, for unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. People still died from Adam to Moses, even, even, over the, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him who was to come. See, they were looking. They were looking. There's one coming. Oh, my goodness. There's one coming who's going to break the curse of this death because death became the number one issue. They all lived, lived hundreds of years, hundreds of years. Why? Didn't know how to die. Body didn't know how to die. Mind didn't know how to die. But death was in them. Death was working in them. And every time they broke the law of God, they got closer and closer and closer to death. Reverse evolution from the presence of God to the death doomed animal man is today. Amen. Thank God we know Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you don't get happy over this, I mean, if, a, if, a, if an 18-wheeler runs over you and there's nothing left but something in a jar, that jar ought to roll down the deal thinking, I, I'm more than a conqueror. Thank God I'm redeemed. Thank God for Jesus. What a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to, because these truths will set you free. Now, notice, it says, nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that hadn't sinned after the way Adam did. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Now notice, if through the office of, of one many be dead, now notice this, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now listen. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. You can't say that. You can't say not as it was, so is thee. Where's my teachers? <laughs> Did you know that's not grammar grammatically correct? In the, in the previous verse up above it, you cannot say this. You cannot say, but as, so also. That's like saying, what if, no way. <laughs> you can't say it. So what is he doing? 
What kind of teacher is he? What kind of preacher is he? He is comparing. So he's setting man and his fall and his iniquity and his wretchedness and all that happened to our family, our human family, when our elder, elder, elder parents sinned and drug us into all this garbage. He says, when I compare everything that happened in that fall to everything that happened in Christ when he redeemed us from that fall, there's no measurements on the earth. There's no computer that can measure it. There's no, there's no, there's no ruler. There's no way. There's no mile marker. There's no way you can measure it. You cannot compare the glory of God with the darkness of the fall. See that, we hear that, we go, oh, praise the Lord. No, 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 you got to understand. That means everything of God is so much. Listen, it's not the devil is five foot ten and Jesus is just six foot. No, 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 no. That means salvation is so much bigger than sin and iniquity. You say, I'm telling you, I was in so much sin. I don't got to tell me that. Well, if I walked into your church, all the angels would drop dead. I thought, you know, people get so, they get so puffed up about how bad they've been. Man, I'm telling you, when the blood of Jesus comes into your life, it sweeps away. And the Bible says those that are forgiven of much, they love much. Amen. That means they're going to love God. They're going to obey God. They're going to do their best to serve God in these last days. And in the midst of all this, we've got to realize that what's going on on this earth, what's happening in all this craziness, it ain't even not. You can't even to compare it to the glory of God that God will reveal in us us if we'll just stand fast in him. You say, why? Because when you compare the two, there ain't no way to compare them. Oh, my, my, my. Let me read it. We'll close. We'll read it in the... Now, remember, we're just taking a quick trip to the redemptive view down on what we were looking at in Genesis. We saw creation. We saw the, the laws of God We witness the fall. We see the results of the fall. Next week, we'll go to Genesis 3.15. We'll pick up the promise and go into man's condition in Adam and see why people are the way they are and why you were the way you were. Why you were the way you were and why even though you may be acting like the way you were, you're not like that no more. And you don't have to be like that no more. You say, why? Because Christ has redeemed you. And what he has done for you is so much greater than what you've done to yourself. We'll get into that. You'll get real happy. It'll save you a lot of money when it comes to therapy and psychiatrists. And... <laughs> Passion Bible. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered the human experience and death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all of humanity because all have sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law. But it was not charged against them where no law existed. Yet death reigned. Yet death reigned as a king from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. Now there's no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift we experience. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much, how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance 
overflow to many because of one man Jesus, because of what man, what one man Jesus, this Messiah, did for us. Now notice, and this fleet, this free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. I don't know if you got that or not. Let me try that one again. For this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we're all facing death sentence without, with the verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into perfect righteousness of God, acquainted with the words. Standing behind your fear of death, which is in reality the essence of the fear of death, is the fear of punishment. That I do everything I can do to deny there is God, and when you die, the lights go out and everything's black forever. Amen. Dark forever. Where in reality, down on the inside of your spirit, there's something on the inside just gnawing and nagging on you, telling you, hey, this ain't it. This is not it. I heard a, heard a uh, guy who was a uh, heart surgeon and did not believe it, did not, uh, was not a Christian until he had been a heart surgeon for about 15 years and he became a Christian real quick and he wrote a book about dying. And he talked about how Christians died and the peace of God, and things that he had actually experienced, light flashes, angelic beings in the, in, the, in the operating room. But he said, I'll tell you, he said, the death of an infidel. He said, it's a horrible thing to hear people curse God as they're crying out in the flames. To hear them come back, back in their body and cry out, what do I do, what do I do, I, I've just come back from hell. It turned him to God. I mean, he got, he got, he got saved because of that. See, they're, they're, we, we've said it for years. This, this is the most serious issue of life. You may think you've got an a, a issue in your life more serious than this, this spirit, but there's, it's not. Because this, this is going to be the end result. All things will lead to this, to this right here, to what God has done for us in Christ. And the reason we have the right to believe and expect the way we believe and expect because of what God has done for us in Christ. Isn't that good? Thank God we're new creatures in Christ. Thank God he that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf. And because of that, we have right standing with him. Hallelujah. Brother Frank, go if you will. Why don't everybody stand? Uh, uh, Roland and Laura, if you'll come, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray over them as they, they go to the Dominican Republic. No, 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 no. Praise God. Y'all lift your hands and worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you. Father, how can we praise you and worship you enough for what you've done? Jesus, we love you. And Father, we're doing all we, we know to do to obey what you've called us to do in these last days. Not just by believing you for your best here in Galveston, but by taking the joy of what we know to the nations of the world. Lord, we lift up Keith and Sarah and J.D., Lord, their family, those missionary families there in Manzaneo and Guadalajara, Breland and Jeremiah. Lord, we lift up Mark and Janet in Rome right now, fixing to go to France. Lord, we ask that you give Christopher rest, supernatural rest. That you restore him, strengthen him. In Jesus' name we ask.
Now, Father, as Roland and Laura go, Father, Lord, we lay hands upon them tonight. And we thank you that it'll be an adventure in faith, but also a spiritual experience. Speak to them as individuals. Speak to them as a couple. Reveal unto them your plan, your purpose, and the desires of your heart. Let what is in them come to another level. Another level. We resist the enemy's attempts to try to keep us on one or push us to a lower. We say, no, we're rising to a higher. We're rising to a... Thank you for rest. Rest. Rest in their hearts. Rest in their emotions. We bind the devil who would try to hinder their travel in any way. We surround them with faith and love and declare them protected and safe in their travels and in their, in their accommodations. Open new doors. Let them make new friends and give them greater influence with the ones they have. Lord, let plans come out of this. Not only plans for future ministry, but personal plans. Things that you've said, you've shared with our hearts that you desire to do. We believe we receive it. Let joy go with them and let their words, as they speak to those that are there in the Dominican that need what they have, let their words be planted in the good soil of their hearts. In Jesus' we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Bring them back according to Job chapter 5. Nothing lacking, nothing missing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank God, thank God. Now lift your hands and worship God. Father, we we worship you. We thank you, Father. We worship you tonight as we leave. We thank you for our protection and safety. That no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, we thank you the strategies and plans of the wicked one. As we pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit, we thank you the mysteries that we speak thwart the plans of the devil. And we thank you, Lord, that which we're standing and declaring in these last days. The outpouring of your Spirit, the awakenings and harvest of God, and the refreshings from heaven. They belong unto us. Let redemptive truths take, take deep hold and anchor in our life as we live out your plan and purpose in these last days. Give us a heart for souls like never before. Even on the streets, Lord, on the beaches, in the bays, everywhere we go, everyone we meet. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming so soon. We thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you as we leave tonight. We love you so much. Thank you so much for your grace, your goodness, your kindness. Thank you, Father. We leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.